Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday, March 9th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians are traveling to surprise t- uh, Arizona to face Texas today. Uh, Bradley Zimmer will be at the uh, the top of the batting order and as the, the designated hitter. Uh, a little bit of a sort of a B lineup uh, look for the Indians. But, uh, you know, it, Terry Francona was asked about his lineups today, and uh, it looks like things are starting to maybe come together for him uh, getting a, a better picture now, as we get into that next phase of spring training where the regulars are going to start playing a little more. Yeah, Joe, it, it looks like, uh, you know, we're getting a little better feel on the shortstop position. It sounds like, um, you know, Andres Jimenez is kind of uh, taking the lead there and, uh, and uh, Terry Francona indicated uh Today that uh, Ahmed Rosario, I guess his main competition, it, uh, they're going to have a conversation about him starting to move around the diamond. Yeah, Ahmed Rosario in the starting lineup, batting second and playing short today. But Francona said that that conversation is coming where they sit down and talk to Ahmed uh, about possibly being a little more versatile. And, and maybe that means playing some outfield. Uh, who knows? Uh, he was asked directly about where he would feel comfortable batting Andres Jimenez in a lineup right now. And, you know, granted it's, it's, you know, the, the second week of March here, we're not having Terry Francona fill out his opening day lineup quite yet, but it seemed like Francona with, you know, Jimenez being a young shortstop who's very capable of playing defense and making all the plays looking like a kid who can keep his head above water offensively uh, he says it's a lot to ask to to maybe try and bat him in uh in the top third of that order where the the number two hole is is kind of open. Yeah, you know, so I think you know Jimenez can uh, you know Andres can run a little bit, um, you know, so you put him down at, at the bottom of the order, maybe seventh, eighth, or ninth, uh, and uh, he you know he if he gets on base, you've got your switch, you know, you've got Hernandez and maybe. Uh, 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 Jose Ramirez, you've got your big hitters coming up at the top of the lineup. Maybe he can steal a base. He can run a little bit. Uh, so, um, you know, that gives you that kind of uh, when you flip the lineup, you know, he can present some uh, run scoring opportunities. And and really in his remarks, Francona sent sort of a, 
a coded message uh, that we've kind of heard this language before uh, directed at, we think, Oscar Mercado. Uh, he said that there's a, when he thinks about the top of the lineup, what he's got in his idea in his head, he said, I do think there's a spot for one player that hopefully takes it and runs with it where we could maybe split our switch hitters and have some balance in our lineup. If that doesn't happen, we'll just stack them up together. Uh, he, he's really talking to Oscar, Oscar Mercado there, isn't he? He's saying, step up and take this uh, this number two hole in the batting order, you know, where he's hit before in the lineup and and make it so that they can they can uh, split those those top lineup switch hitters. Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. Uh, you know, Mercado two years ago had a great season, you know, hitting in the number two hole. You know, as a rookie came up, he was hot in Columbus. He came up, hit the ground running for Cleveland. Uh, really, you know, was, you know, hit right between what Lindor and Ramirez, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, he was hitting between the two switch hitters. Now he could split up Hernandez and Ramirez and, you know, give them a little better balance instead of, uh, you know, like last year when they hit the four switch hitters in a row, you know, I don't know if that was necessarily the best lineup because it left the bottom of the lineup so exposed. And, and I don't know if this, I mean, maybe this just gives you a little, little better balance uh, with when you're, you're not hitting uh, Hernandez and, and Ramirez back to back. Yeah. Right now, uh, Oscar Mercado early in spring training through, uh, you know, he's played in what four games. Uh, he's got four hits four for 13. I believe he's batting 308, uh, 742 OPS. Uh, so he's, he's taking steps maybe to, to make Tito feel more comfortable putting him back in that number two spot. But if that doesn't happen, the, the top of your lineup might just get compressed and, and look like uh, very similar, like you said, to the, the situation where they were batting four switch hitters in a row. You might have Cesar Hernandez batting first, Jose Ramirez batting second, Eddie Rosario third, and uh, Framil Reyes fourth. That, that, that is a, a very near possibility uh, if Mercado doesn't step forward and sort of grasp this opportunity for himself. Yeah, and that's still a pretty good balance. You know, you got switch, switch, uh, you know, a lefty in Rosario and then a righty in Fran Mill uh, Reyes. So, you know, you still got four decent hitters. You've got a, you know, pretty good top of the lineup that those solid and you can't, they're not going to be overly exposed by righties or lefties. Yeah. And then you could go uh, left if you put Josh Naylor or Daniel Johnson in that right field spot. Uh, and, you know, you still got to think of Bobby Bradley or Jake Bowers, a, a lefty. Uh, so you, you've got to, you, you've got other guys that you need to spread out left, right. If you still want to do that. And if you bat Mercado down lower in the lineup, you can, you can certainly uh, use his right-handed bat for that. And it uh, doesn't sound like he wants to hit Jimenez uh, number two. huh? No, it really does. If, if, if Andres Jimenez, if he is your opening day shortstop starter, uh, he's batting somewhere in that lower third of the, the order for sure. I don't think, uh, he's going to be in that number two spot, uh, at least not early on. He he did show he, yesterday. He had a three run inside the park home run off the wall in center field at Goodyear Ballpark, and he was home uh, across the plate before the ball made it back uh, yeah. to the infield. He 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 can haul. Uh, he definitely has the speed to bat in the number two spot. He drives the ball though, and this is not the first time we've seen him drive the ball. So. Uh, you know, is he your prototypical number two hitter if you if you need to eventually put him up there? Yeah, I mean, he, he certainly looks like it. He can run, you know, he can drive the ball. 
Uh, we haven't seen a short game from him. You know, we haven't seen, is he going to be able to bunch? Is he going to be able to, you know, hit and run? Uh, you know, I would imagine, you know, he seems like he's that kind of player. Most, uh, you know, if you come from Venezuela and you're a shortstop, I, I think you probably know how to do those games, <laughs> do, know how to play that game. Uh, I should think the Indians are familiar with Venezuelan shortstops batting in the number two spot. Uh, <laughs> saw one there for a good long time uh, in, in Omar Vizquel. Uh, speaking of infielders, we, uh, we asked Tito directly about Yu Chang, who had another big game on Monday uh, against the Mariners. He homered his third home run of the spring. Uh, he's played third base, made a nice play defensively at third base. But we asked Tito if uh, Chang is strictly being looked at as a utility player, and it, does he have a chance to win that shortstop uh, position as, you know, that's his natural position, I guess. Uh, it, it, it's, it, I, guess, I guess it's unique because Chang really hasn't played there much so far this spring at short. Yeah, you know, and uh, I think he's bounced around a little bit. I think... Uh... No, this is just me, Joe, from the outside looking in. I think, uh, you know, I think he's better suited moving around the diamond. We haven't seen him play every day at shortstop. And uh, when he has, uh, you know, just this is just me now. I think he's had some problems defensively. But, he, you know, we've, saw, we've seen him, like you said, he made a good play yesterday at third base. We've seen him get better the more comfortable he's gotten in the big league environment. So, you know, who knows, who knows if he could play shortstop, if you ran him out there, you know, 50, 60, 70 games and, and watched him play in, in the big leagues. But right now, I don't know if they have that luxury. Yeah. I don't know how confident they'd be with him at shortstop. However, uh, Tito did mention uh, tomorrow, they are going to play a B game against the Reds uh, at the Reds complex and he intends to play Chang over at first base. He said Chang has been taking some grounders and doing some work on the fields at, at first base. So that might be the clearest indication right there that, yeah, if you're going to, um, you know, keep Chang on the roster, it's going to be as a utility player. Uh, this, this really sort of puts Mike Freeman's job in, in jeopardy because first base was something that, that Mike Freeman gave you as a, an option as well as a utility guy. Yeah. Mike Freeman is did, you know, two years ago, did everything the Indians wanted as a utility guy last year, he filled the same role. Um, you know, it's just a solid, you know, mature kind of veteran guy. Chang is, is younger. Uh, do you want, is he going to fill that role? Do you want him kind of wasting away at the alternate camp, not wasting away, but not playing games? for a month. So it's, it's a, it's, it's an, it's going to be an interesting decision. And, you know, Chang has some power. This team needs power. So it, it's really, it's going to be a coin flip. I think at the end of camp, it's going to be interesting. Ah, but can he pitch? Because that was something that Mike Freeman offered. Freeman came in and uh, pitched a, a couple of times, I believe uh, two years ago, Yeah, uh, bailed the Indians out of some, uh, some, sort of, uh, you know, runaway game situations where you gave him an, an inning or two, save the bullpen. Uh, well, if, if Chang can pitch right now, he's got the job, right? That's, that's gotta be it. And you're like, you've, you've said before, he's a right-handed hitter mm -hmm. and they need, they need some balance and, you know, yeah. uh, Freeman's a lefty. So uh, they've got plenty of left-handed hitters, but it, it's, uh, it's interesting. And uh, I think, you know, the alternate camp situation, maybe, 
if there was a full AAA season, if it started what on, on April 6th, maybe it'd be a different decision. Yeah. It, it, the opportunity to play real games might be something uh, that, that would, it, it's just hard because, you know, Chang made the opening day <laughs> roster because he hit in, in the summer camp last year. Yeah. And then he only appeared in 10 games. He right. Was with yeah. The so club. He, he had that experience. It's just not the same when you're sitting there watching the games. But last year it was tough because they had the same four infielders start every game. Yeah. But are they going to do the same thing to him this year? I mean, what, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of half six, six on one hand, half a dozen on the other. I mean, you know, uh, if you don't play him, what good is he? You know, he's just sitting on the bench in the big leagues while he might be playing every day at the alternate camp. So with Indians baseball right around the corner, there's never been a better time for you to register for Indian subtext. Our subscriber-based service gives you the inside scoop and analysis on the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions. It's a great way to avoid the trolls on social media, and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why should you sign up? Here's one of our subscribers, Bill from Arizona. I think it's great the way uh, uh, you guys have handled it this year and appreciate the fact that, you know, you usually, uh, when you're able, respond pretty uh, quickly, either just to me or to, you know, to, to everybody. And it's nice to have a little insight on some things and then maybe an hour or two later, the story will break. I kind of feel like I'm sort of, you know, on the QT in the know and it's fun. Bill and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the team and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or text Hoinsey or Joe at 216-208-4346. Again, that's joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or send a text message to 216-208-4346. We look forward to having you as a member of Indian subtext. Uh, Jose Ramirez and Framil Reyes back with the club, back in the bubble uh, right now with uh, the Indians. And and Tito was asked about uh, sort of just reintroducing them to the situation. Was, was there an apology? Was there any sort of punishment or anything like that? And Tito said a lot of it they wanted to keep in-house, but he did say that both Framil and Jose addressed his, their teammates uh, about the situation. And he really just wants to move things forward, I guess, from this point. Yeah, I just wonder, is, is everybody, is anybody going to be able to drive the games by them, you know, in their individual cars anymore? Or are they going to have to, everybody gets on the team bus and, uh, you know, when they hit the road in, in Arizona. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that might be a privilege that has been revoked uh, for, for at least for a few of the players at, at this point. Uh, but but it does bring up a, a, an interesting point with the vaccination going on and, you know, COVID protocols have been the same since last year, but, but things are starting to maybe change and turn, uh, you know, they won't be the same every day of spring training from here out. I think, I think things are changing uh, on a daily basis. So just keeping the players updated and, and notified of what they can and can't do uh, might be something that, that Tito has to stay on top of. Yeah, and, and I guess it all depends on, uh, you know, when the players can get vaccinated. You know, we know Tito and 
some of the coaching staff have, you know, received the, their first vaccination, the first shot, you know, but, uh, you know, with the young, healthy, uh, you know, 25 to 30 year, 30 year old athletes, I think uh, they're still, they're not jumping ahead of anybody. So I think, I don't know when, when they're on the, uh, when they're, how the pecking order works and when they're, they'd be eligible for their vaccines. 45 year old sports writers need to be uh, a priority. <laughs> I think uh, we are yeah, an, yeah. we are an underserved minority <laughs> and we need our, uh, our, our, our seat at the table. Uh Nick Sandlin made his Cactus League debut yesterday. Francona was asked about it, and he was impressed with Sandlin's stuff. He said, you know, he's out there. It's a 10-0 game, and he's throwing three two breaking balls. So, you know, read into that what you will. But, uh, you know, Sandlin, you know, got the job done, uh, hit 96 on the gun, according to reports, and uh, just looked very comfortable out there for a, a guy who's he's still, you know, relatively young. Yeah, he, what he worked the ninth, uh, struck out two, walked two, uh, you know, side armor, uh, a righty. I, I wish we could have seen him. I, you know, I just, you know, listened, listened to him, uh, how he pitched. But, uh, you know, Tito was very excited about this guy. You know, we've talked about him before. Number two pick in the 2018 draft, you know, was, was you know, zooming through the uh, system and then uh, had the forearm fracture in 2019 set him back. He was sick at the start of camp this year, but, uh, you know, he's made his first appearance. So, you know, I think he's a guy on the radar, Joe, this is a guy that could at some point help them uh, this season. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. This season will probably be a, a, a good time to, to maybe think uh, Sandlin might make his, his big league debut. Uh, Zach Plesak, the Indian starter went three innings, uh, did not allow a run. Uh, I believe he struck out four and said after he came off the mound, they felt electric out there. That was the, uh, the, the term that he used. Uh, you know, Zach, always, always good for a, a quote or two, but uh, just good to see him feeling, he says he's feeling healthy and strong and every pitch in his mix was working last uh, yesterday. Yeah, this was, you know, he's, that was his third start of the spring. Uh, first two, he was kind of, you know, it was just kind of feeling his way, but th we saw the full police act uh, yesterday. He looked in control. He, you know, he was, he's pounding the strike zone. He's striking people out. What three scoreless, right? So um, that's encouraging. And that's, I think that's what they needed to see. You know, there's, a, and uh, they're so young, you know, even Bieber's such a young guy, Bieber, police act, Savali, uh, you know, Savali's going today. We saw a great outing out of him against uh, Milwaukee last week. Uh, so, you know, now they're starting to put some uh, appearances together, some starts together. And uh, I think they'll, you know, they're starting to build that momentum toward uh, the regular season. Yeah, Savali looks uh, already just right now looks like uh, looks like a horse. He looks like their innings eater this year. Uh, looks like he's going to hit the ground running and just be able to give them uh, five, six innings. I think, I think, all of his starts last year, he went at least six innings, except for the last one of the season. Yeah, uh, if, if if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, and including one complete game. Uh, I mean, he's he's physically at a at a point right now where I, I guess he, he he's ready to go just to get going and you know give them those innings. Yeah, and he revamped his whole delivery. Like uh, <laughs> this was like was this must have been top secret stuff, right? Over mm -hmm. the winter, I mean, it's not just okay. We're going to change this. We're going to work on this pitch. No, we're going to change everything from the ground up. And uh, 
interesting, uh, you know, interesting uh, transformation. I mean, and I mean, and he's, you know, no longer out of the windup, right? It's kind of a... Uh, it, it's still a windup, but it, it's it's sort of like a, a shuffle step and then go. It's, yeah. It's not like a full windup windup. And, uh, you know, and he's kind of, and he's, he just looked uh, great against Milwaukee. And uh, I don't know. And I don't, I think Milwaukee saw him last year. So I don't know if they were caught off guard with that, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he, you know, keeps refining all those changes. He had to, he said he had to change all his pitches, the shape of his pitches. So um, we'll have to see if this gets him, uh, you know, makes him even more competitive. Well, and, and one of the really interesting things about the way that he redid his, his delivery, he started by picking up a football and throwing that, that sort of to, to sort of disassociate with the baseball delivery. He threw a football for a while to sort of change things up and, and, you know, clear, sort of clear the slate with, uh, with the football uh, during his workouts in the off season, which is, you know, very interesting, I think. Uh, so we'll yeah, see a long time ago, Joe, this is like maybe 10, 15 years ago, you would see pitchers out on the field throwing footballs, you know, during when they kind of long toss before games. And we haven't seen that for a while, except when guys are just screwing around when they're, they're playing uh, Tom Brady or something. But uh, right. Well, it doesn't so count when Oliver Perez brings a soccer ball out there because he's yeah, not. Yeah, right. But definitely. All right, Hoinsey. Well, uh, it, we'll, we'll be following the Indians in surprise uh, today. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, and uh, we'll have it then. Talk to you later. All right, Joe.